This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly from Bloomberg Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Kelly, and welcome to the Bloomberg Business Week Extra. It's our weekly podcast bringing you a full conversation, one of our favorites from the week. Well, this week, Alex Steele and I were hosting the show together. Carol Masser was off. And Alex and I caught up with Jerome Griffith. He's the CEO over at Land's End. He's got a long history in the world of retail and fashion, and he is pulling out every lesson he's learned to deal with this pandemic and the new world order when it comes to the consumer. Check it out. I think what we've seen so far is uh, what I think everybody's been hearing about over the last several months is demand online uh, continues to grow. Uh, it's been a, you know, a big plus for consumers who are working from home to be able to order products in as opposed to going out. We see uh, slow traffic in stores. We've reopened our, the, the few stores that we have over the last couple of months. Uh, and we think that going into the back part of the year, online business should still stay strong yet. Uh, we have a, a business-to-business uh, uniform uh, business that we have called Leo Lands and Outfitters, which I think is going to uh, continue to be uh, somewhat challenged over the course yeah. of the next few months. Uh, a lot of our customers are travel-related, and of course you know that that's been a, been a tough business. Uh, but there has been a run-up in the stock, obviously, over the last few days with people expecting us to have uh, decent results for the quarter. I'm glad to get a chance to talk to you again because we can delve into uh, a lot more over the next two segments. And I guess just to take a step back for a second, like how has your world changed in the last six months and sort of how do you view it over the next six to 18 months sort of as we move towards a vaccine in some kind of normal? I think the the way our world has changed, it's been a little bit topsy-turvy from, uh, you know, as we had said earlier in March when uh, demand really uh, shrunk to April recovery and then May, June, and, and through the rest of the summer being uh, relatively strong. So we've had to go back and relook at projections for a lot of our items and, and increase uh, quantities that we were ordering because we think that the holiday season is going to be bigger than what we thought it was. Uh, I think one of the things which is a concern for us is that all of the carriers that are carrying packages today uh, to homes, they're really stretched. Yeah. So if you look at the big three of USPS and FedEx and UPS, uh, you know, every day is like Christmas for them. So we're, you know, doing a lot of work with our partners to plan for what the holiday season is going to look like, which is something that does have us, uh, you know, a little concerned. And then going into next year, one of the things that we've seen over the course of the last couple of years is our product people have, have continued to refine and, and improve what the, the, the quality and the look of the products that we're selling. And we see a lot of increased demand. I, I think you guys probably saw the uh, numbers that we're seeing with new customer acquisition, which was up about 34% last quarter. And then the, the large rebuy rates that we're having from our customers, our active customers tend to be around 60%, and new customers are around 30 which are pretty great numbers for the industry. Uh, and we see that continuing. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, Jerome, to think about buying patterns and, and even – for lack of a better term, sort of wearing patterns. And I've joked on this show before that when I wear a collared shirt these days, my two-year-old sort of looks at me funny like, what are you doing? Like, you're a T-shirt guy now. I mean, the last time I put on a dress shirt, I, I, I have a hard time remembering. I mean, are you seeing, you know, sort of a real change in the way people dress? That seems to be, at least for a certain category, just a, a market change here. Absolutely. People are looking for comfort. They're working from their homes. Not everyone's home is actually set up to be comfortable for them. 
So you see people ordering comfy clothes, something that looks good on top but uh, is a little bit more casual on the bottom. Uh, you see people ordering lots of stuff for the home as well. Our home business has been extremely strong because kids have been coming home to roost with mom and dad. Right. And uh, people are getting together. So, you know, people are, are retooling what their lives uh, are. Uh, our dress shirt business, and we sell a lot of dress shirts with monograms on them. That's been a little depressed for us the last several months, as has uh, some of our dress pant business. But when you look at the lion's share of our selection, it's really casual clothing. And when you get to knit tops and loungewear and pull-on pants and sleepwear, it's, uh, it's really been a boom for us. I should point out, as uh, Jason is home, he's showing off his uh, super cool black T-shirt. Are you wearing shorts? Is that what that no, is? No, I'm wearing jeans. I wear jeans every day. Jeans and T-shirt every day, like every That's single day. That's the uniform. So in this environment, um, I'm curious as to how you plan. Because there's a bit of confusion as to if, you know, Jason's going to wear dress shirts and dress pants again in the next two years. You know, and even if things open up, if he still will, how do you plan for that? Um, we spend a lot of time looking at trends and uh, analyzing trends. We also use artificial intelligence uh, for a lot of our basics uh, in order to make smarter decisions as to how much you're going to be purchasing. And, you know, you, inevitably you run out of stuff or you have some overstocks and a few things. But I have to say that the guys have done a pretty good job making it through spring and summer. And we've re-looked at what we think uh, fall and winter is going to be. But the things that will screw you up are things that you just didn't think of or can't plan for, like, you know, if, if and we have seen this, when uh, certain states have spikes in COVID, demand goes down. Yeah. So over the summer, when you saw the southern states, Florida, Texas, California, uh, have spikes, you saw the demand go down. But as you see the, the spikes start to recede, demand goes back up. And supply chain issues, anything that you've run into in, in a meaningful way up to this point, and, and what's the status now? We knew several months ago that we were going to have some of our fall deliveries a couple of weeks late, of which we were prepared for and have dealt with. Uh, but generally, we've divested ourselves of, of, of being reliant upon any one country or any one factory. Mm-hmm. So what we've seen is uh, pretty good deliveries and expect that into the back part of the year. Um, but again, you know, I can't stress enough. It's not really the supply chain coming in. It's going to be deliveries. Right. The on the other, way, on the other side. That, yeah. It's going to be on the other side right now. Right. All right, Jerome, I got to bring something up. Uh, Alex Steele and I were just talking about it in our chat. Uh, you were the president of Jay Peterman. And I just think that is the coolest thing ever as a longtime Seinfeld fan. Like, did you really dine out on that at uh, cocktail parties? That must've been amazing. It was kind of amazing. I'd been living in London for several years prior to that. And uh, to be honest with you, I did not know the Seinfeld connection. And when they recruited me to come to Kentucky, it was just the coolest thing. Jake Newman was an, an, an awesome person, an awesome guy. Yeah. Uh, loved him a lot. But uh, unfortunately, the business model was not really set up for success. And it was a short-lived stint for me. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, the whole backstory, I mean, I as I was researching you, like, I went down a whole rabbit hole of, like, everything that happened with uh, Jay Peterman. It was really interesting. All right, so with that as a side note, you have had a, a really interesting career working for Esprit, working for The Gap, working for Toomey um, and Tommy Hilfiger. I mean, you've seen 
sort of retail and fashion in a number of different iterations. And I wonder what you make of this moment. I mean, we were talking about sort of the lifestyle changes that were undergoing, but when you think about the disruption in retail and travel and hospitality, all those things that, that you've had as touch points throughout your career, how do you sort of synthesize it all right now in this uh, kind of amazing time? Uh, it's very serendipitous. I started retail when I got graduated college in 79. I went to work for Lord & Taylor and worked there 10 years. Lord & Taylor famously did not use computers. We hand-wrote every sales check. Wow. So that was the 80s for us. Now, take, take it from there to today, AI is a big part of our business. So I've seen a lot of change over the years, and, and my advice to anybody coming into the industry or working in the industry and working their way up is do not get stuck on any one thing. You always have to be looking for the next thing that's coming out there, or you will get left behind. Yeah, do you think I'm, that you're still a retailer, or are you an AI technology company? Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you call it retail anymore. I, I tend to look at us more as a tech company hmm. because of the amount of money that we put into tech, the type of people that we hire, the emphasis that we put on technology and the evolution of technology. Um, whereas, you know, others might, you know, look and say, well, gee, you're a retailer. Well, how am I a retailer? We only have 31 stores. 96% of all my business is done with a click. And so when you look at the carnage that we have seen in more traditional retail, you know, the idea that Gap is closing its flagship store in San Francisco. And at the same time, you see another, you know, well-known name in retail. We were talking with one of our internal experts about this earlier. You look at the success of a Lululemon on, on the other hand, which obviously has a retail footprint and has really ramped up e-commerce as well and, and leaned into a lot of the trends that, that we've been talking about What's the winning formula at this point? There's so much opportunity out there. I think you have to look at, at where the customer is going. The customer is in, in charge of their future. They have so much information at their fingertips. They have so much choice. The customer really decides what it is that you're going to be doing. And when we talk about being a customer-centric company, we think of everything from what's the customer going to want, what's the customer going to like from this. And I know a lot of companies talk about doing that, but not a lot of companies actually do it. I think there's a ton of opportunity out there right now. There's so much disruption in the marketplace that there is a lot of opportunity for the people that think right and are bold. Does that mean you're going to buy some stuff? I didn't say that one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, we did hint that there's, you know, that there's uh, some opportunity out there, etc. Not something that you necessarily hear right now in the uh, retail quote tech retail landscape. Um, Walk me forward in a few years. Like, what do you think your business looks like? Uh, you know, I think we continue to to evolve. Um, I, I, I might have mentioned earlier, you know, just a, a year ago, you could only buy Lands End uh, on LandsEnd.com and in a few of our Lands End stores. Today, you can get it on Amazon. You can, you'll be able to get it on Kohl's. And we'll look to do a couple of things. We'll look to expand into third-party marketplaces. Uh, Kohl's is a great example, but there's lots more out there. And we're, we're doing that domestically and internationally. And we're trying something which is a little bit different uh, as well with the investment in our enterprise order management system. We have the ability to bring other people's products onto our website. So last year we tested it at Christmas time with one company. This year we'll have about 25 different companies selling their products on our website. And it's all stuff which is complementary to land and nothing that's a head-to-head -head competitor. And I think from the research that we've seen, you know, our customer is looking for ease and simplicity. So 
they're happy with our website because we convert extremely well. And they're excited to see other products on the website to add to their basket. Jerome, just last question for you, only about a minute left. What role are you seeing in terms of social media? I mean, I think about, I have sort of sold myself out as an avid t-shirt buyer. Like the amount of t-shirts I buy through like Instagram and things like that is embarrassing to admit. But I do wonder, and I'm an old guy, you know, I, I have to think that for a younger generation, there's a whole lot of that that's driven on the social side. We were late to social media. You know, I, I would fault us for that. Having said that, though, you know, a lot of our new customer acquisition comes from uh, earned search and paid word search. Um, we, th- we, we see huge increases today in social media where we are, and we think that we can lean into it a lot more. I think it is more important than what people continue to think. I would say a year ago you would say, well, you know, how much bigger is the Internet actually going to get? Well, right. now with COVID you can see how much bigger it's going to get. And I think you have the same opportunity with social media. You think it's, it's very prolific as of now, but I think there's a lot of ways for it to grow. And that's Land's End CEO Jerome Griffith talking with me and Alex Steele this week. It coincided with their earnings report, but he took it much wider, talked a lot about his own history and how he's applying those lessons to, man, this time it continues to be, I'll say it, unprecedented. Well, you've been listening to Bloomberg Business Week Extra. Be sure to tune into Bloomberg Business Week Radio live Monday through Friday at 2 p.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Jason Kelly, and this is Bloomberg. Bloomberg. 